don't give me that look and tell me that you don't love a, <laughs> that you don't love a good bongo jam as much as the next person. Just not bongo therapy. <laughs> oh man! So <laughs> the Smart Start MN Studios, where we record the Brian Oak Show, is in a shared office space. Now, not shared like we're all in the same giant room together, like the very popular current trend, or over the last five years or so. But, you know, we rent a small studio in a large building with a lot of other offices, and we do most of these during the day, but we did one during the night, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago. It wasn't too long into our tenure here yeah. uh, in South Minneapolis at 48th and Chicago, and suddenly we're like, oh, man, we got to record in 20 minutes, and there are heavy bongos going on downstairs. <laughs> and right, the look on your face, you're like, those those bongos and they kept going on and now it's one thing like i'm cool with music i love music and the th- the fact that we were in an office building that had bongos going was sort of intriguing to me i actually thought of it as a positive until i realized the bongos were crap like this person doesn't know how to play bongos but apparently sometimes with music therapy it's like your father mistreated you when you were a child please explain to me how that feels to you on bongos and i i can totally just imagine this person like I hate my dad. He's a real asshole. And I messed wa- up my hair. I I don't want put to put it in a tassel. <laughs> I don't think you're required to rhyme in bongo therapy. Although you did a great job. Of Thank it right you. There. I, that was freestyling. Right are, there. are we? Were we freestyling or were we? Were we having a breakthrough? I feel like <laughs> I don't know. That's a good breakthrough. Oh, that was what, right that was there. actually all true. <laughs> His name is Sean Bernard. Mine is Brian Oak. This is The Brian Oak Show, episode 109 of The Brian Oak Show, which we started now technically just over a year ago. Hard to imagine, Sean, when you reached out to me and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? And I told you, and I was honest when I told you, I'm like, I've heard one and one half podcasts in my entire life. This seems like a terrible idea. And here we are, more than a year later, because I am still the same person. Like, let's just grind through it. Like, let's just let's let's dig a nice deep rut doing the same thing week after week after week. Uh, But I am thankful as Thanksgiving approaches for our Patreon supporters, for the continued support of our sponsors who have continued to put money behind this clearly pointless venture i'm not <laughs> sure why they do this they're gluttons but I, I do well just like i am same thing i was saying just keep bash your head against that wall over and over again at some point you're bound to make a breakthrough but i do find myself in a very thankful position right now um it is the brian oak show episode 109 and we're going to talk to a great guest shortly before we get there you know it it became official this week um my mom and dad are the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. And part of my post-recovery plan, you know, going to therapy, not drinking, da 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 yeah, da yeah. Part of that plan was to break up my regular routine, which unfortunately was part of my drinking. So my parents don't live too far away. They live in Maple Grove. We record here, and I live in southeast Minneapolis. And m- part of it was, you know, they're close. I'm going to break up my routine of sitting at home and feeling like Howard Hughes every night and drinking, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go spend some time with them and reconnect with my mom and dad. And I've done that and right in the midst of the pandemic, but we're all nice and close and we're taking care of each other and we're being very careful. They're both in their mid-70s. My mom is a classic Irish matriarch where there was recently an Onion article that said, no, I understand you have concerns about getting together, but I also understand that you don't love me. <laughs> yeah, that's and, so and, it. And, and I, I got to be honest... It's and you know I love my mother. We've had my mom and your mom on this show. That's who my mom is. She she's the matriarch. She is the glue that holds our immediate family together in the area. My sister, 
her sister and brother, their families, everybody. And one by one, people were like, it's just, it's it's not worth the risk. As much as we all love time together, as much as we all love that meal. Oh, I have so many things I want to ask our guests today about Thanksgiving <laughs> meals. Um, some cliched and some, I feel, on the frontier of, of Thanksgiving exploration. But we'll get there very shortly. Um my so we finally had whittled it down the only people comfortable were me and my sister and our families were going to go my wife is like i just i can't she's a teacher she's already had that all shut down she doesn't want to go my sister was going to go and so therefore her husband and my niece and nephew and then my daughter were still going to go my sister's son my nephew my godson was exposed to COVID. Now, he's tested positive, but they took themselves out of the equation. So then it Mm. comes down to just my mom and dad, me and my daughter. And now I'm on the fence. I'm like, I've already been staying at their house a bunch lately. That was part of my new routine to break up my sort of regular life. And my dad's got 30-plus years in recovery. I felt like it would be good to be around him, et cetera, et cetera. But now I'm like, so do I go and make, Thanksgiving a somewhat satisfying but still small sad affair or do I do the right thing and not go at all and crush all of my mom's dreams and make her understand that I don't love her well there's always that thing where you're like I don't know if they'll be around forever right this is maybe one of their last 10 or 15 Thanksgivings they'll ever have son of a bitch Sean thanks for making it even worse than it already was my mom just did this today and I had to have a talk with her years ago I said don't ever Call me and leave me a voicemail message without a subject. Hey, it's mom calling. Give me a call back. And she never does that unless something is wrong. So I'm just like, oh. But here's the thing. Because she never does that and because she doesn't do it unless something's wrong, now you've immediately gone to 11 on the meter. And you'll call back and she'll be like, oh, no, I was just just curious if you saw this commercial on TV. Yeah, that'll totally be it. Of course it it will. So um, I just, I want to say that, like, I still haven't made a decision Thanksgiving is two days out. I've seen my family a bunch in recent weeks, and now suddenly the level of scare, the level of shutdown, but I think also the appropriate, like, you know, despite the government's recommendations, whether you are like, I'm a freedom fighter, I don't wear a mask, and here I'm rubbing droplets on your face and on your children, or if you're someone who's like, this is prudent, and let's just, let's let's make the next few months terrible so the next few years aren't terrible, no matter where yeah. you are on that spectrum, it's tough, and I thought it was really going to shut things down this year, but then when I see, like, this last Friday alone, more than a million people entered U.S. airports to travel for the holidays. I know. I, I just, I, I, I don't, I love my mom and dad. They're two of the coolest people I've ever met. Like, I've never had issues as many people have with their parents. I don't want to endanger them. So how do I explain to my mom you're the reason that I have any sort of emotional core whatsoever. You're the only reason that I cry and that I have feelings for others. But also, I'm not going to come see you for Thanksgiving. What? what, how, what? Well, we're doing the same thing. It's just going to be the four of us. We're like, huh. nope, that's it. That's all we're doing this year. It's Thanksgiving. It is what it is. And it sucks. But we're going to do that because that's the right thing to do. So, God damn it, Sean. I know. I know. What a buzzkill. Coming up on the show, uh, just ahead, we're going to be talking to the food editor of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, Stephanie March. She is not only a great person, 
a talented broadcaster in her own right with her own show that's been running for many moons, but also like knows more about food and food culture. And, you know, you and I talk about this on the show all the time, Sean, which we'll talk about ahead. All these little places that make our neighborhoods what Mm -hmm. they are, that make our community what they are, these people's life's work. Some of them, so many, too many have already evaporated, and some are right on the verge. And this whole lockdown thing, as much as I hate it and everyone hates nobody wants to wear a fucking mask. No. Nobody. But do you want to wear a mask? Do you want not want to wear a mask for the next few months, or do you not want to wear a mask for the next... 20 years there's there's just there's so much to cover and she's much better at this than you and i could be so we'll talk to her momentarily i guess i wanted to try to keep it positive at least while we can um and be thankful with thanksgiving coming up i really too try to think not about the native americans and the pilgrims sitting down and that awesome turkey you made by tracing your hand and then putting in the first grade construction yeah. paper feathers around it and a really bad beak in that waddle yep. you got to be careful how you draw that waddle uh, that's, that's, that's not what thanksgiving is about if you really want to be thankful it's like you had a bad moil maybe. Thing, <laughs> goiter <laughs> do all turkeys have goiters i don't know that hang off the top of their nose anyway we're getting we're getting into a different show right now i was i was trying to keep it positive sorry that's my was, fault again i was really trying to keep it positive about what we are thankful for and there's so much to be thankful for and everyone has it and it can be easy to lose sight on a regular year, and this is anything but a regular year, so I guess I'm just going to say, be thankful for what you have. Maybe it's a song you love. Maybe it's people in your life that you really love. Maybe it's that kick-ass sandwich that's still available from the bistro down the street from where you are that you still order for pickup takeout just to keep them alive. The list, the spectrum is endless, but it can be easy to lose sight of where the joy is and the true thankfulness that you're supposed to have in this day and age. Just ahead, we check in with Stephanie March. Right here, we check in with Led Zeppelin on The Brian Oak Show. Days gone by 
So today, my world, it smiles. Your hand in mine, we walk the miles. But thanks to you, it will be done. For you to me, I'm the only one. All I said, happiness, no more be sad. The sun refused to shine. I would still be loving you. Mountains crumble to the sea. A little Led Zeppelin, thank you. It does come climbing back. <laughs> it does. It? I knew it. We weren't sure. We weren't sure. I'm like, it's so quiet, but all right, it's less than a minute. Let's let them have their moment. As a longtime radio guy, the false ending was always my enemy. Oh, uh, hated it. You know, like when Seinfeld would go, Newman. Yeah. The false ending, like where would you go, bunk, and you'd be like, Hey, 107 the river, the valley's home for classic. You'd be like, fuck off, song. And you'd hit the post all the time. It's the Brian Oak Show. It is episode 109. Sean Bernard right over there. He is my ally, my friend, my co-producer, my co-business owner. Masseuse. My what? Masseuse. Not yet, baby, but the day is young. The day is cold and wet outside, and it's warm and dry here inside the Smart Start MN studios. Speaking of Smart Start MN, they are, Smart Start is the primary sponsor of the Brian Oak Show. They've been around for a long time. They have, they were the architects of Minnesota's ignition interlock system, and it's weird to promote someone's business that you hope people will never have to use. But again, Sean and I are living proof that people don't always make the right decision. Sometimes you drink and drive. And if you do, you're going to need to get back on the road at some point. And Smart Start MN will help you get there sooner than you otherwise might. And thanks to their relationship with The Brian Oak Show, cheaper than it might normally ordinary cost. Yeah, just go to smartstartmn.com slash The Brian Oak Show. You'll get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. 
Stephanie March is an American actress, entrepreneur, and (laughs) philanthropist, best known for her role as New York assistant DA Alexandra Cabot on the long-running NBC series Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and we're lucky enough to have her right now in the Smart Start MN studio. You look a little different than I remember, because I've watched a lot of SVU. I know. And you were a tough-as-nails district attorney. I was a crack wit, right, with the law? Dang. I just knew it. I've watched a lot of that show, and so... As any good interviewer does, I like to do my homework and and get little tidbits, see what you've been doing on social media, what articles you've been writing, all those sorts of things. I had no idea that woman's name was Stephanie March, and I'm sure it's been haunting you since you've had any kind of public persona whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, the funnier part is that she married Bobby Flay. Which I only literally, within the last two minutes, found as I brought up her wiki page. I'm like... She was married to Bobby Flay for 10 years. Yeah, so that that got into my food world, right? I mean, like she could be SVU, but then she dipped her toe into the food world, and I was like, (laughs) lady, we got to talk. Stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. Spell your name with a goddamn F. Yes! Okay? Stephanie March is actually the food and dining (laughs) editor from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine here in the Twin Cities, which, if I do say so myself, because I know you're willing to, but I'll be the one to take (laughs) on the burden here, is sort of the arbiter of... Not just food, although that's your purview. Mm-hmm. Not just food, but culture, arts. I mean, the things that make this community. There's something interesting about the Twin Cities, right? Like the Twin Cities is more cohesive. We take. I know a lot of people take pride in their hometowns, but the the ownership that we have here, the territorialism mm-hmm. that we are guilty of, mm-hmm. is fairly distinctive. And so, for a magazine like Minneapolis St. Paul, I mean, it's a destination. There are a lot of people that rely on what you do and what the other people you work with do to help highlight and spotlight what's going on here in the Twin Cities. We do. We, You know, as a city mag, we call ourselves, you know, the city mag that really is about, we just want to get you guys the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really it. And it's, we do we do a really good job, I think, of traversing the streets and knowing people and connecting and learning things and, and kind of ferreting out and just like being intense about what we are doing so that we can give you whatever part of it you want. I know a few people who work for your magazine and every one of them, cares so passionately about what they do, whether they're on the sales end, the content <laughs> end, no matter what the case is, it, it's kind of, what it tells me is that it's a good place to work, that they believe in the work they do, and that's the whole bit right there. If someone believes, then it's a lot easier to believe them. It doesn't feel like a, like infotainment, like it's, right. it's part advertisement and part content. Yeah. Although there's no shortage of advertisement, it doesn't feel like I'm just being sold the whole time. People might also know you because you've done radio for a long time. Tell me about your radio show. Yeah, I have a, I have a food show on My Talk 107.1 called The Weekly mm-hmm. Dish. And I'm my radio partner is Stephanie Hansen. And yep. that was a thing that just sort of happened. And I cannot believe that we have been doing it for over a decade. Holy cowboy. I mean, it's weird how that happens, it isn't it? It just happened, right? And it was like all of a sudden, you know, it's like, my God, I've talked about braising and, and <laughs> pie making and like pickling and all that stuff. What about sous vide? Sous vide. Well, we talk about sous vide? We do. We talk more about Instant Pot, to be quite honest. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you, because girls like Instant Pots and boys like sous vide. I'm just going to tell you that that's my observation. Mm. Both of those sounded like you said something in Mandarin Chinese, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Right. I've not ever been... I like eating good food. Mm-hmm. 
to me, it's a foreign language. And so I like it when people can either A, articulate it for me, mm-hmm. but B, something that you've done for your career at MSP and as part of your radio show, you have directed me to places that take all of the guesswork out of it. I don't have to think about right. it. I just sit, sit down. And as long as there's enough money in my checking account, I can have delicious food. <laughs> right. That, and but that's important. It is important. And I, don't, and I think you don't have to be, you know, someone who knows anything about anything to enjoy beautiful food and to appreciate it because it's the it's the entryway right it's the door that opens and then all of a sudden you're like whoa i didn't really realize that you know if you have like a swipe of harissa on your sandwich let's say and all of a sudden you're just like wow that's a really spicy that's a different kind of spice yeah and then you start to learn about harissa and then you think oh i'm gonna go and go eat at this restaurant and i'm Mm. gonna maybe try over here and so it's a gateway. Do you think less of me because literally that's the first time I've heard the word harissa? <laughs> no, but you're not a spice guy, are you? No, I like spice. I don't like heat. So, and, and to okay. me, there's a difference. No, no, there fully is. And thank God that and, you know that. And and the people, who, so I love a freakishly complex flavor. That is something that I'll sit there and marvel at and not pretend to understand it. But then there are people who confuse spice with heat. And then it's just an endurance test. Yeah. Then it's like, how much of this cat poop can I rub on your face before you call uncle and you can't take it anymore? To me, that's not fun. Now, there are people who love it and yes. that's their jam. Spice and heat are two different animals to me. Yeah. Before we go any further into food, because I want to talk about Thanksgiving coming up, okay. how our world has changed. Buster's on 28th is one of the sponsors on this show. Oh, great. And the fact that they have survived as long as they have. My word. They're in, they're in my neck of the woods. But so many places that we love and make up the mosaic of why this is such an incredible place to live have not survived. And mm-hmm. we're going to lose more of them before we're done with all this. Before we talk about any of that, <clears throat> sorry, these, these spit shield, <laughs> what are they called? Pop filters. Pop, Pop filters, filters are brand new, and they're they're big enough that I could be in the witness protection you could. program. It's a little bit. You wouldn't know who you were talking to. We added them just so that it's a little bit more COVID safe in here. Which and I the totally idea is that the screen yeah. should help. So. I, I think that's a wonderful idea. I just I gesticulate so much when I talk <laughs> that do. I've hit this thing about twenty times. Yeah. Um, I want to ask before we dive any further into all of that, which is crucial, and we're going to cover all of it. Um, you growing up, where where are you born? Where do you grow up? Uh, I grew up, I basically, I was born in Wisconsin, but yep. we moved here when I was in kindergarten. So that pretty much makes You realized sense. you were free to leave. Yeah. It was, somebody <laughs> let us go. I don't know how. I was born in Portland, Oregon. My parents moved here when I was three years yeah. old. I've lived here ever since. Right. So that's sort of the thing, right? So you're a Minnesotan I like am. I'm a Minnesotan. Mm-hmm. You've lived here your whole recognizable life. So you're growing up and you're doing your thing. What, what suburb or did you live in the heart of the city? Was no. it, your, was your life always cool? No. Oh no. Cause I no. grew up in Coon Rapids. Oh. So I get it. Well, I was. Did you hear the pity in her voice? Oh no! She's like, oh, I guess I was cool. Oh, I was. I I I grew up in Orono, so I'm like a little, you know, preppy brat, is what you want to say, right there. I know a lot of cake on her breath. So the black and orange up there, or what is it? No, it's red and blue down there. Oh, sorry. But I got to tell you, you guys, I I live. I'm thinking Osseo, sorry. Yeah, you're thinking Osseo, right? Which is St. Louis Parky. No, no, that's. No, Northwest Orioles. Yep. Yeah, that's up by Coon Rapids. That's right. CFR. That's right. Yeah. It's not Otsego, but it is Osseo. Otsego. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I still, I still so live up gr- there. So let me ask you a question. And there's nothing wrong. Any part of these suburbs. I mean, it's it adds to the tapestry. Like I'm not genuinely <laughs> embarrassed of being from Coon no. Rapids. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell us how you really feel. We're finally. What's that? I said, do you need some bongo drum therapy on that? (laughs) I I thought I heard you say Northdale in there somewhere, which was the junior high I went to. (gasps) And I thought you were really pegging me. Like, wow. Everything's cool, though. Um,. My question is, it's all part of what it means to be from the Twin Cities, extended suburbs, wherever the case may be, northern Minnesota. So you growing up, at some point, food becomes your thing. At some point, writing becomes your thing. How do those become your things? So, you know, I was the latchkey kid, and my mom was, uh, she, my parents got divorced, and my mom went back to school to be, uh, to get her CPA. Mm. And so she just, and she went to night school. She was working during the day, and she went to school at night. And so we were just, we just came home. She was maybe there for like 10 minutes and she'd take off and go to school and we had to make dinner. And so I did a lot of Bisquick eating (laughs) and I did, Mm, you know, like, yeah, like pancakes, you know, just like dinner pancakes. I'm not all backwards. Breakfast is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to eating. It is true. I'm sorry to interrupt your story. Go ahead. I mean, and you know, we did a lot of pasta. I made a lot of pasta Mm -hmm. like through the spaghetti noodles on the wall to see if they'd stick. And then it was done. Yeah, it was done. And so, you know, I don't know. I've, I've sort of always felt like I, I can feed myself was always the idea. Then, and then, and then, you know, we kind of had, uh, uh, I kind of after actually after college, I'm thinking I had a first boss, right? I graduated college and I started working in advertising and I had a first boss. Her name is Marcy Little. And she taught me that if I make artichoke heart dip for a boy on a date, I win. And wow. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and she, I made, don't think you're wrong. I've never I know, had it happen, but I don't right? think you're wrong. I know. She taught me how to do it. And she basically was like, food is the way in. And I was like, it, it is. It is. The food is the way into everybody's heart. Is wow. it like after the Across first? the board. So they have like one bite and then they just look at you and just... I they're like you, you made. They're like you made this, <laughs> like, and you're like, can yeah. you have? But now, like, is the first date too soon for artichoke dip? Like, we talk about kissing and the, mm, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, at what point along the path do we make artichoke dip? Right. It has to be someone that you're actually care enough so about. First, first date's way too soon. Way too soon. Right. Way too soon. It's more of like you know. You take that guy to racks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> nice, nice racks call. Yes, right. <laughs> I miss racks. Oh, God. Arby's wishes. I know. Oh, yeah, that's Arby's true. Arby's wishes. That's true. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, and so you start making food. Yeah. But then at some point you decide that, I mean, so well, even, even if you're a foodie, at some point, like getting into food criticism or food appreciation or food amplification is different than just liking good food. Right. And and so part of it was, and this is what happened is, you know, in advertising, you know, you're only as good as your last account. And then as soon as that goes, yep. the youngest kid on the totem pole gets the axe. Uh-huh. So I got thrown to the curb and so Oof. had to pick up a bartending gig at, to sort of pay the rent. And I ended up working at Buka. Beppo, oh. which was and I oh and it was their third location out in Eden Prairie. So I was living in Uptown, but I was driving to Eden Prairie oh, yeah. to work. Right, and that's when they were starting to grow. So I worked. I kind of became uh, the head bartender, and then I became a trainer, and I started traveling to open the Buca de Beppo restaurants. And then suddenly, because this is the way that you know just media arise, I was the director of training, and I opened probably fifty Bucas around the country. Fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so you're on the road a lot. That that was it. That was all I was doing. And dealing with young people who are equal parts. Some are eager to learn because I've been in the trainer role yes. before. Eager to learn. Others are like, who is this out of towner who yeah. can just go to hell? Yeah, because it's not like teaching kids. It's adults. No, and, and if you're if you're younger than them, 
even if you're savvy, even if you're smart, mm-hmm. even if you are bringing appropriate culinary wisdom, there are just going to be certain people who are like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, basically. Bitch. Shut up, little lady. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh! Yeah. I, the thought of, of even having that look in my eyes yeah. fills me with so much terror, I can't imagine. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, definitely a five foot one human who is... Tries to get everybody on your side. And I understand you tame the Mavericks, right? You bring them in and everything else. But at some point, I project at least six foot three with Uh my voice. And Uh that's when you know it's time to listen. You know? Love it. Yeah. I love that, too. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you start moving along. You're moving up through the food industry. Yeah. How do you get into journalism from being a trainer that basically helped Buka become what Buka became? It did. It was going public. And I think it did go public. And then I, I had to break down in terms of, you can't live on the road. Road and open restaurants for a living. That's not uh, the only thing you can kill do. You. Well, it I mean, will kill you. A, it's hard to live out of a suitcase. Yes. But B, also, there's a lot of glad handing and living out and going out. There's that so much. It will grind you down. Whiskey. Yes. And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yum. Now you got Sean and I's attention. I know. I know. And it was where, I mean, I'll, and you know, and that's the thing is like traveling on the road. The good side is, yes, when we were in, you know, we opened in Louisville. And so, yeah, we went to go tour Maker's Market. We went to, oh, wow. you know, LeBron Graham and we did all this stuff. And then when we'd open in Pasadena and we'd open in all these other places and you tour these great food places and you get to eat all over the country. Country. And that really sort of deepened my understanding of local and regional food and all that mm. kind of good stuff. But there's a point where you sort of say, all right, I need to do something else. And so I actually went on freelance and I started doing, um, you know, I was helping restaurants with PR. I was still opening. I actually opened the Ocean Air restaurant, Seafood Rooms. Ooh. I did all 15 of those <laughs> as a wow. freelance gig. I know. So I went from very casual and kind of sticky stuff to casual fine dining. And I learned mm. about seafood and oysters and all those things along the way. And then at that point, it was sort of like, you know, the idea that there needs to be, I was helping people do PR, but I was kind of showing them how to write things. And it was, I was doing some freelance stuff on the side. And that's when I started with Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. I just, it was like 2008. We're going to mm. talk about that next, but first we've gone too long without music, but I have a really, really important question for you. And it might be a two-parter. The first one is, since you helped expand and open ocean air like you did i feel like you might be uniquely qualified to answer a question that's been burning in my head for decades why are oysters so fucking gross and why do people eat them (laughs) i love oysters okay so it was kind of a joke question but it leads me to a more important question we're going to talk msp mag we are about to hear a song but doing what you did for that long, opening places, even when you're opening a buka that has, you know, a known menu or when you move to ocean air, you know, a known menu, doing what you do had to expose you to all kinds of foods. You have to have an incredibly open mind, mm-hmm. a, a wide open palate, which I do not have. There, there are fences we do not mm-hmm. cross in Brian's food world. Ooh. Do you have that fence anywhere? Is there something that you put in your mouth out of professional obligation that you will never voluntarily eat? Or are you actually that wide open to just about literally everything? I think I'm pretty wide open. I think the only thing that I know that I won't like, and I just, it's it's the whole, like, tripe and, like, the innards pieces oh. and things like that, yeah. you know, is harder for me than... Is, is it because it's rubbery or yeah. is it because you know well, that poop has gone yeah, through it? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Well, I guess. I, I'm... I have seen, I have yet to have, and I've, I have yet to have an actually traditional haggis prepared for me 
in a way that I want to order it. I can't believe that's true. I feel like you've probably eaten one of I, everything. I feel like I have, <laughs> but I haven't. And that's one of those things where I don't have anybody who... We don't. It's not like we have haggis around. No, we don't. You know so what I mean? Do you do you believe that people like me who have some very hard and fast boundaries? Do you believe that we're just like toddlers and need to grow up a little bit, or do you believe that we don't get to pick what we love when it comes to the things we ingest? I think you get to choose to flip a switch, and you can choose to flip the switch and decide not to care, and just put yourself out there and say, "This may gross me out, and I'm going to do it anyway." Or, but I do think you have to choose to do that. I think. There's like, I, this, the randomest thing is I hate green peppers, but like, I'm never not going to eat a dish because also, there's green yep. peppers. I will. There. In fact, if we split a pizza, if you and I were to order a pizza right now and I'll be like, you get whatever you want in your half, I'll have mine. Green peppers are so odious. They will poison the whole pizza and that, I won't that's eat That's all any of I it. taste. That's whenever there's green exactly. peppers or anything, that's yeah. all I taste I are the green peppers. Also, I have four words and then you're going to tell me about this first song you've chosen. <laughs> Cottage cheese. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my my toddler lived on cottage cheese and I won't touch the stuff. I, I mean, like, I don't understand why anyone needs to eat it, honestly. You don't need to eat it. No. And, and right next to it is sour cream where it literally says <laughs> on the label that it's turned. It says, it says sour cream, cream right on the fucking label. We'll talk more about that. We've gone too long without a song. I love the fact that you brought two songs to the table. I, I One of my phrases is always learning. And I really genuinely, I not only love when people love music... And I, I don't live in judgment of the songs themselves because if this song makes you feel the way my favorite songs feel, then we have more in common than we don't. Who the hell is Auto Heart? I've never heard of Auto Heart. <laughs> Auto Heart. So I my any of my any of my musical DNA, honestly, and this is not just like kissing your ass, but it comes from you. That's not true. It is. It is. For all the you. many years that I've listened to you, you have. I mean, I Ratatat was one of the first ones. I think that you and I both. I was like, oh, we both love Ratatat. <laughs> we do love Ratatat, yeah, and that almost made the list today, but it didn't because I wanted. I was thinking about it, but the other person, the other two people, are my two sons, Matt and Jake, mm-hmm. and mm. they're the two youngest, and their their Spotify lists are epic. And Isn't it amazing how the kids that age, and you know, I, I use the ki- term kids yeah, loosely, yeah. but I have a daughter who's 22, yeah. and she loves a ton of my music, but she keeps me super honest. Yes. If I love something that she hates, she will not hesitate to yeah. tell me, and she likes a lot of stuff that I find to be garbage, but she also brings me things <laughs> I've never heard before yeah. that I'm like, that always learning thing that I just mentioned, I love that. Yeah. Matt Matt started us off in like Argentinier in like squeeze box players. Mm. And then he's like, oh, you've got to hear these Peruvian, you know, he's all over the map. And then he brings Jake in and Jake is the, the 17 year old. And mm. he, Jake sort of refines it and sort of pulls them and finds the ones that he thinks I'll like. And then he funnels them to me. Love that. I know. It's a really amazing. I mean, that's like if, if no matter what you do for a living or who you are, having that kind of consultant that continually kind of enriches. Kind a mafia. The, what is it? Conciliary? Or? Yes. Yeah, they right. are my music but, conciliaries. But it's like, like it's it. also your musical bag man. He's like, yeah. here's the goods, boss. Yes. <laughs> so, here's the goods, boss. <laughs> so Jake knows I like when I'm cooking, I have to have music on. Yep. I have to have a glass of wine and the music on. So Lucky. I know. And so I say, so I was like, well, I and he also knows that I like to jam in the kitchen i need to have bangers i need to have like full-on where i can kind of dance around while i'm cooking so that's where this one came from
I don't care. You can use me anywhere. You can rip, you can tear. Just take the very best of me. I am here for you when you need to undo all the weight on top of you. Just take the very best of me. We'll keep on running, we'll be free. On our anniversary, on our anniversary. Oh, through the good, through the bad, through the happy and the sad, I won't give you up. Giving you up, what are you on about? I'll never give up, believing in us. Giving you up now, why would I do a thing like that? No, I'm not giving you up. No way, yeah. I will never ever stop when it comes to you. I'm not giving you up. No way, yeah. I will never ever stop when it comes to you. When it comes to you. This is precisely why I ask every guest on this show to bring something to the show. It is not about being cool. It is not about nope. digging deep. It is, it is about bringing something that makes you feel something. That, to me, is the importance of music. It's not a fucking beauty pageant. No. It's not a cool club. I want, and that, I've never heard auto hearts before. <laughs> And it was cool. It was great. It's fun. It's like I was just saying, I think I said this off the air, that basically yeah. I'm a bouncy bitch. And that's like, I don't <laughs> mind that. I, I own that. Like, I I have so much energy sometimes, but sometimes the world gets you down, man. And you have to re-spark it on Music yourself. can change it, it on does. a dime. It does. And it just sort of lights. I don't know. I just, they, they're fun. But but and again, I, it, but it's not up. like a piffle. It, it's it's well yeah. produced. I'm on Many times on this show, we've talked about the fact I don't really care what other people think about my music taste. Now, that being said, it's fun to give your friends a hard time and they give you a hard time about what you like. But at the end of the day, the only arbiter of any sort of art that's important to your soul and enriches who and what you are is you. The end. Done. Uh, Music criticism, art criticism, dare I say it, even food criticism. I was going to say, this actually works out really well. It it ties in very closely to what you do, but ultimately, like... People love cottage cheese. Yes. You apparently love oysters. <laughs> I, I, I thought I knew you better. I didn't know you were a monster. Oh, my God. I slog them as I many know, I know, as I know, I know. So, but, like, again, no matter how much someone tells me to put them this way, do this, that, or that, it still tastes like a salty piece of aquatic cold snot, snot. in my mouth. I hear and, and I'm not going to have it. So, But uh, my point is with the music thing, it's up to the individual, as it is with the food, but it's nice to get direction. We're talking to Stephanie March, and we'll continue it in a moment. I do want to mention, since we're talking food, Buster's on 28th. Yeah. Right in my neck of the woods, a few short blocks from my house, a sponsor of the show. Um, and now we're entering into lockdown again, mm-hmm. and a place that already has been struggling to keep its head above water, like so many of the incredible places. And as Stephanie will talk about here in a minute, you know, for a market this size, yeah, we're probably in the top 20, 25 in the country. When you talk about ratios, when you talk about the quality of the art scene, the music scene, the food scene, we are way out punting our coverage in the Twin Cities. Big time. We always have. it. it the, the level here, and I kind of almost like the fact that the coastal elites, if you will, <laughs> Still have a tendency, except those who bothered to take the time to experience it. There's still a little bit of a dismissive attitude towards oh, yeah. the upper Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
But we have a thing here, and it's not just me being provincial. We have a thing here. Buster's on 28th is that for me. Now, have they reinvented food? No, but I don't think that's necessary. Much like in the world of music, did this band just change the game? No. Did they write some cool songs I've never heard anyone else write? Yes, and that's Buster's on 28th. They Cheese curds. Who the hell doesn't make cheese curds? The 5-8 microwaves theirs on the daily. <laughs> garbage um i can't stand that place i can't stand that place but just for how much love it gets it's outsized but they make real cheese curds they make their own potato chips they have a cubano that i will put up against virtually anyone's cubano in the twin cities they're really good at what they do and they've been supporters for the brian oak show for a long time and so i'm advocating that you go to busters on 28th Order your food to go. Lockdowns come back. No more hanging out there, unfortunately. But they do really good work. They're incredibly nice people. They make good food. And they're part of the fabric of our community. And to me, that's the most important part. So now that we've done our part for Busters, I mean that for every family-owned restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you want them around after this latest lockdown, you've got to find a way to patronize them. Yeah. Even, uh, by the way, this time of the year, Fantastic time to buy gift cards. Buy gift cards at any one of those places, so yep. that one when they reopen, it's going to help sustain them during this time when they're not open. But when they reopen, it'll give them a great opportunity to be able to to thrive. And it, merch, buy t-shirts. Merch is huge. Buy yep. t-shirts. Yeah, yep. or you buy masks. A lot of them are wearing yes. masks. You still need to wear a goddamn mask, so put it on your <laughs> face and get it from your local venue. And it can be a restaurant. It can be a hair salon. It can be a knife fighting academy. Whatever it is <laughs> locally. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. That uh, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the case may be. So, Stephanie, you work for MSP Mag. You have mm-hmm. been doing food for a long time. You know, whether you're a music fan who can't go out to see bands, you know, you, in very limited capacity, are able to do what you do. I mean, you know, these restaurants that we're talking about, these incredible places, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think what I said was overstating the case, that we outpunt our coverage here. We... When you give the size of our market, when you talk about the number of people here, when people think of the cold, barren cornfields of Minnesota, Uh, we've got a great, great, great thing here, but it's taken some hits right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's no joke, too. I mean, I think and I was talking to and just to be totally blunt and honest, I was talking to a restaurateur last night and she's considering putting her house on the market Mm. because she can't stay there and she's breaking her heart. She asked me, like. How do I tell my kids? And I'm like, you, you're going to be like, you're going to, it's going to be okay. Even if you do have to sell and you have to move, it's going to be okay. It will be. You know? Well, I'll but, get there. And, and your kids are going to have to live through, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having to live through hardship. Right. It sucks when people go there. But the thing that we've been saying for months and months and months now is even when times are booming and a place is hot, the margins have never been good in this the restaurant is, market. Yeah. And that's what she was saying, that most of her friends who seem to be in these corporate jobs where they can work from home are fine. And yet... You know, they don't understand really how tight it is in the restaurant world and how people were like, oh, well, it's just four weeks. You can handle four weeks. It's like, no, we've had a year of not being able to handle it. And this is like a death knell for a lot of them. Even expensive places, you know, the margins have never been high. People do this like musicians do what they do when they're not making any money. People do this out of love. They do it out of need. They have a vision. And so it's not a 40-hour-a-week job. It's an 80-hour-a-week job, if not longer. You put the blood, sweat, and tears into it because you love it, and the margins aren't high. And some restaurants, maybe some of those people get rich. Most people are doing it strictly out of love. And now I don't know what the exact uh verbiage is for the latest shutdown but no more in restaurant no, eating right yep no more in person 
restaurant eating. It is only takeout and delivery available. You can still walk into a place and get your food and yes. go. You just can't. So that means no patios either. I know a lot of places spent a lot of dollars mm-hmm. on fancy patio tents and things like that. And those are all null and void for the until the middle of December. It's for it's a four week bit, but realistically, God damn it, John. Uh, realistically, I just have to put I have to sit Nobody on my hand. Thinks. Apparently, yeah. I, uh, realistically, I'm actually literally sitting on my yes. hands. Uh, realistically, it's probably going to be longer than it the is. initial four weeks, and I think everyone's aware of that, and everyone's a grown up about it. But, I mean, you, probably better than anybody else, given your perspective and what you do for a living with MSP, you'd see the little places, the medium-sized places, the big, hip, cool places. You see the love. You see the, the, the level of tears and blood that go into all this. And some of them are gone forever. And it's it's crushing. It's terrible. And and more are going to go. Yeah, it is true. And I, I sometimes I feel like... Because a lot of us got back to our lives, you know, and we were all feeling like, oh, we loosened up and we got back to these lives that we don't understand and we don't. And maybe we could go sit on a patio this summer. And so we felt fine about things. And it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It hasn't been okay. It's not going to be okay for a while. And the numbers are freakish. And so wearing a mask and not going out is going to deal many, many more body blows to the things we love in this community, to some of our very, you know, our well-being. Will we have to sell our house? It's a possibility. possibility. Maybe things could be even worse than that, but we have to lock this down now so that we're not, I don't want to do this for another five years. This is where I'm at. I want to go sit at my bar. Can we all please just get our shit together so I can go sit and hang out with my bartender friends? I would love that. And I get angry when I see people crowding into a place and moving tables together when they're not Mm -hmm. supposed to. That makes me go through the roof because I'm like, all you're doing is making this harder and longer. Self-centered. All the free Freedom fighters who are like, fuck you, I'll do what I feel like. Okay, you know what? Everyone who's wearing their mask and doing social distancing feels exactly the same way. I fucking hate wearing a mask. I'm done with it, but I'm going to do it every goddamn day. I'm going to continue to wash this studio down with bleach. I'm going to continue social distancing because the thought of doing it for six more months is heartbreaking. The thought of doing it for another 10 years is... Is even worse. It's even worse. And we're going to lose more people, so suck it. Suck it it up, and then also suck it. We're going to talk more. (laughs) Uh, What I want to talk about is, because we're just a couple days removed from Thanksgiving, and I want to talk about a recent article you did for your magazine, MSP Mag, uh, and what... Thanksgiving looks like for a lot of people this year. Will it be perfect? No. Is it going to be heartbreaking for a great many people, including... My Catholic mother, who yeah. understands that I don't love her because I'm not coming this year. <laughs> yeah. Which that might be the first she's heard of that. I haven't really given her <laughs> a definitive uh-oh, answer on that uh-oh. just yet. Hey, let's hear another song. Hey. Okay. <laughs> um, now, I don't know anything about this band other than the first word of their name is Ramshackle. I don't, I don't actually know anything about them either, but this song. Oh, what's the name of the band? Ramshackle Glory. All right. And it's called Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of Your Fist. Wow. Keep talking. Oh, okay. Stretch. Stretch. Okay. Stretch. And it's basically, there's a little bit of sadness in it, but it's to me again, it's that thing where we're jumping, we're feeling good, and it's a, it's like, it's kind of a, a mantra, and there's a little bit of sadness, in it, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the balance. Bouncy bitches unite. Yes. Uh, I tried to look up Ramshackle Glory, and it brought me to a musician named Pat the Bunny. Oh, see, I'm terrified. Is I that brought a porn a song. site? Oh, Pat the Bunny. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, here's a great song from <laughs> Stephanie March, Ramshackle Glory on the Brian Oak Show.
doll, you never show me nothing but kindness. She would say, I know how sad you get. And some days I still get that way, but it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Sweetie, it gets better, I promise you. And she'd tell me, she'd tell me. It is in all sincerity when I say I love <laughs> Always Learning. Never even heard of that band before, and my world is now richer. The tapestry <laughs> is deeper. I'm not, and I'm not being sarcastic. Like Tucson, Arizona. Also, it's the first time I've ever heard of anybody being described. As I looked them up online because I can't stop myself. Right. I'm like a geeky music librarian. Anarcho folk punk. Anybody? <laughs> what is it? Arch- right? Anarcho, as like a version okay. of yeah, anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anarcho-folk-punk. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's Genre. why I like them. Dangerous. Yes. Freedom riders out on the frontier of human emotion. Yes. What do you think about that, Sean? Oh, empaths. Boom. <laughs> no. Boom. Yeah, man. Watch out I for empaths. I just think people overuse that word. I'm sorry. They I do, know. but also like... They're good to have around. Yes, they will make you, they'll true. make you recognize it in yourself, and as soon as you start acting like a dick, an empath won't say anything. They're not mad at you. They're just disappointed. disappointed <laughs> they're just going to give you the look from the corner. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, before we get into our final segment here with Stephanie March of Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine, as well as My Talk 107... And many other things. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always hate these descriptors, but it's kind of what I have to do. And, and what you have to do, yeah, you know what it's like. Yeah, I know. You know, if I, I was know. on your show on the radio, you'd be like, Brian Oak of... Remember Brian Oak? <laughs> oh! That hurts. And, and that right there would have made me fall in love, and I'd be like... <laughs> Do you need? Do you have any openings for an internship? <laughs> do you have any openings for an internship? That's right. Uh, you know, we have you and I have a mutual friend who shall go nameless, but her daughter, uh, not this most recent time, but last year on uh, Halloween, she went and she wore a Rev 105, or she had a Zone 105 T-shirt, a Rev 105 sticker attached to it, some City's 97 bandana or something. I'm like, what are you supposed to be? And she's like, this year I decided to go as Brian Oak's failed radio career. <laughs> oh, that hurts. No. Man. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. That's cool. Wow. Hey, look, it's karma, man. You can say what you want. Hey. I had 25 years of being just <laughs> below pretty good. All right. Hey, dude, it's You're the awesome, journey. Dude. Come on. Yeah, it's not the destination. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, while I try to pick up the shattered pieces of my broken life, why don't you yeah. tell people about what it's like to be a realtor over at Edina Realty, the 50th in France location? Well, uh, why don't I start from when I was two years old? Nope. No, okay, I won't do that. You got right. 60 seconds, All and right. now you got 54 seconds. Okay. So I help people buy and sell houses. Uh, the market is still really strong. The interest rates are still really low. So it is a uh, it's a seller's market, but purchase power is way up because the rates are so low, right, Stephanie? I mean, are you with me? I'm with you. So call me at six one two. Not you, Stephanie. You can okay, call me only if you're buying or selling. <laughs> I was going to put it in my phone. Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. That number is also text worthy. We're changing the name of this show to Remember Brian Oak. <laughs> But now, I, with a, uh, now with a question mark with periods of ellipse at yes, the end of it, yes, like it. Yes, it's dot, more thoughtful. Dot, dot. It, it is. Yeah, it like is. No one really wants an answer. No, they're just no. they're musing. They're it's, musing. It's sort of a spark, <laughs> a spark. A spark. but a very faint one. An idea starter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a conversation. <laughs> a cautionary tale, if you will. <laughs> Stephanie, your most recent article that you wrote for MSP Mag, uh, maybe not the most recent one, but the most recent one I read, mm-hmm. because print media is dead and everyone knows Clearly. it. Um, <laughs> where to order Thanksgiving takeout 2020. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, my mom, again, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't find the strength to call her and tell her I'm not coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, am I going to make it worse by being the one family member there or by not going at all? You know, a lot of people, well, okay, but you were saying that you have been hanging out with them. I've been there three nights a week for I the last few months. I think that counts as a household. I don't want to tip your... Oh, it does. No, no. They've been going to casinos. Oh, they, no, they're the vector to market, not I gotcha, me. I gotcha. They're both in their seventies. I'm not gotcha. afraid, and they're not they're not cavalier about it. But they're also not afraid. But it like it, the balloon keeps getting got smaller it, and smaller. It. And so I'm just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so is mom thinking I don't love her for a couple months better than mom getting sick? 
And I'm probably not the vector to market. I don't do anything. This is it. Yeah. You're the first person the- I've seen in months. <laughs> right. Remember Brian Oak? Remember I Brian do. Oak? <laughs> dot, dot, so dot. So you, you wrote, oh. <laughs> dot org. Dot so org. perfect. <laughs> Well, it's nonprofit for damn sure. Right. You got yeah, that is. right. Where to order Thanksgiving? T- so people, it, it looks different for everyone it this does, year. It does. And people are already, I can feel the pushback on Twitter, like where someone just recently today wrote, um, it's super easy not to ask people who live alone how they're going to find some positive in Thanksgiving <laughs> this year. I'm like, okay, guy, yeah. I get it. I mean, so it's different year for everybody. Yeah. And a lot of people are doing a smaller thing. Mm-hmm. They're jamming it down to one household. In fact, it's sort of decreed to be the way that we do it. But that doesn't mean that you can't have a fun Thanksgiving with the people most immediate to you. But what I like about what MSP does, because I don't like places that do art food for art's sake, but I also am not against creating new traditions and trying something new. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago I ate from the dumpling place, which is right by my freaking house. Yes. And it was amazing. And the thought of like, hey, maybe Thanksgiving, maybe the new Thanksgiving or the day after Christmas Day, whatever the case may be, is getting food from dumpling because it was freaking delicious. Yes. Yes. So that kind of thing. So what did you write about in your Where to Order Thanksgiving Takeout 2020? Well, we, we really, you know, understood that people are either going to order for one person or per person, maybe a two. They were mm-hmm. looking for something different like that this year. Or maybe they're, you know, having like they want a meal kit for four to six because they want to stretch it over the weekend, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So we really tried to hit at different things. One of the ones that I know is still available because this is the other thing. Most of them are pretty much they, they're booked they're out. all sold out. But mm. Marna's Eatery in Robbinsdale, I have to Ooh. tell you, I love these guys. And it's a Costa Rican kind of idea. And they do really fun sort of, diff, you know, plantains and really great different ideas. They still have a meal kit, Marna's Eatery in Robbinsdale. And you can just pick it up. If you, I think you can still order it. I mean, I think... And the pickup would be Is like, it like on Wednesday. Like Marchek's Deli or something like it's, that. It's it's across from uh, Hackenmuller's. Oh, is what you're thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh huh. That that good butcher shop up yes. there. Yes. But then there's places like the Hewing Hotel, right? I mean, they were people who last week they had dinner reservations, and so they were like, "Oh, screech, hold on, switch right. everything, no indoor." So they had to sort of repackage all of the food that they had ordered and sitting there. You know, they're basically like, "Okay, now we're going to do meal kits." So between them and like Nicolet Island Inn, which mm. is also a hotel, which also is now doing meal kits um, or pickup meals. What they'll do is you order it hot. They will make it. You just pick it up that morning of and they come home and you have reheating instructions in case you want to eat it later. But it's a really great idea. It's a pivot that they could do that, uh, you know, help to them, but also helps people who have decided to stay home. So that that's a win-win. And to me, that stuff makes sense because I know a lot of people who are staying home that are going to make their own food because they're actually qualified to do so. Mm-hmm. I am not qualified to do so. Unless- <laughs> but I just realized what you can say to your mom. And you just used the word that's been used so much this year. It's the P word? Hackenmuller? No. <laughs> you know what's dumb about me you not remembering that? that? My gra- uh, Very quick side story. Very, very, very Sidebar. quick. My grandmother raised seven kids by herself. Her husband, my grandfather, left for L.A. and never came back. Mr. Hackenmuller would bring by meat to her house for oh free. God. They went to the same church. They are good They'd bring people. by a bunch of, bunch of meat for them. And their chicken pot pies are outstanding. So what you're going to say to your mom, because it's been so overused this year, uh-huh. is, Mom, I was going to go to your place, but uh, I've decided to pivot. Pivot. And uh, just stay at home. <laughs> See how that works for See you. See how that goes. Also, as much as I love you... Apparently, I love Hackenmuller's chicken pot pie <laughs> yes. even more than I love you, Mom. Wow. wow. If that is your real name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know like his that, name's Hackenmuller. Yeah. I'm not sure who you are yeah, right that's now. That's a badass yeah. rock star name, Hackenmuller. Hackenmuller, yeah. right? Exactly. Right. Where's that 
band. So <laughs> it's a German. Oh man, I, it's that. a dirge music. Yeah, there's a band called. Oh, loud and no, not brought, I almost brought some German pop. I almost did. Ooh. I know. Don't, don't stop yourself. <laughs> don't, time. don't second guess yourself. None of this bullshit. Okay. I was the going to do we, this. We asked There's Stephanie so Marsh to be on the show. Was oh. A, we love SVU. But B, <laughs> it's because I, I expect you to not ever pull your punches. And where no, the fuck are I, the I, snacks I, that you said you were going to... Oh, well, this now that from what we've <laughs> talked about, by the way, I'm a little worried about the snacks I brought you. Uh-oh. They better be hot chicken pot pies. It's about, just cottage cheese. Oh, except, you know what? Chicken pot pies have peas in them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I am so down on peas, too. Really? I, oh, yeah. I hate peas. You love oysters, but you hate peas. Yeah. They're the I, cockroach of the vegetable. Peas bring nothing to the table. Nothing. <laughs> except, no. except. Mushiness. So if they're cold, maybe. Okay. If they're true. salted to death in edamame, which is really more of a that's bean a, than a, a pea. That's a bean. That's a bean. Okay, fine. To me, they're not that far off. But warm peas. The way they just turn into actual baby feces in your mouth. <laughs> That's how I feel Ish. about green beans, unless they're oh, garden no, no, green no, beans. No, 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 no. Because green beans always have a snap, even if you cook them. Vegetables, to me, green vegetables in particular, raw, genius. Spinach, raw. Yeah. Love, yeah. love spinach. Yeah, yeah. Hot, stringy. Salad shooter spinach? No, no, thank you very much. No, I don't understand why anybody ever buys anything but raw spinach. And I cook it, but I just, huh. I mean, you got to do it your own way. And so Except, that it doesn't turn into that mush. But then there are things that I, like, so I am a toddler when it comes to eating, but there are <laughs> things I convinced myself, I spent most of my life convincing myself I hated until I had them prepared properly. This Brussels is, sprouts yes. are fucking genius. Yes. Whether they're candied, whether they're just cooked in butter, Brussels sprouts yep. for all the people like, oh, I hated yuck. them as a kid because they smelled so bad, but if you cook them right, that's they're fantastic. That's because your mom probably boiled them. She did. And that's why. Oh. Our moms boiled them, and yeah. they didn't know Ugh. that all you need to do is saute those babies with some hard bacon. Hello, hello, bitch. That sounds good. So before we say goodbye, you have to bring up what did you what did you bring? This is going to be very shocking. Oh, it's going to be like it's going to be like beef. Is it like oyster jerky? It's chili lime crickets. Fucking crickets. (laughs) Oh no. Here's the thing. These are handmade in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. toasted, protein packed, crunchy crickets are the future. And literally, literally. This is what our grandchildren are going to live on. Yes. These are the I know. snacks this they will eat. I believe while they the crickets watch are the future. Cybernetic 2060 <laughs> bullshit show they watch on public television. Yep. I understand that <laughs> because insect life is what? 80% of the biological life on this planet. This is the future of it protein. Is. If we're going to be sustainable, I am well aware of uh-huh. the practicality of this. Is there enough chili lime to make me forget that I'm eating crickets? I don't know. That's You have to flip that switch and decide, right? Like, you have to make the choice. Are you going? You're going in on this? Well, there's no point in not trying it Come while on. she's not here. I know. Oh. Come on. Do they look like crickets? The look of horror. I can tell them apart from the pumpkin seeds <laughs> that are in there, too. So it's just crunchy if you think about... I mean, what? I mean, eating a cow is like eating... You know, eating a burger is like eating... Ah, uh, here's the difference, is you're not eating a full-blown cow. Like, I can see the thorax, I can see the eyes. Fuck it, here we go. Here we go. I'm a grown-up. You're doing it. You're doing it. What do you think? All right, I guess I'll try it. I, I was like, there's no way I'm doing this, but... Oh, well, see, other than the fact that it looks like deep-fried bugs... Yeah. It doesn't taste like bugs. No. All I can taste is the chili lime right. and all that delicious protein at the same time. <laughs> yum, so good yum. for you. Hey, by the way, on-air production meeting, no, it's a little oh. salty. And you know you're eating a bug, and, but here's the thing. 
It's the emotional part of knowing you're eating a bug that's turning you. <laughs> hey, would you like a popsicle? Here's some nice crickets you have on there. I would you like some chili lime crickets, Chris? <laughs> so, I don't like the fact that I'm eating bugs, but here's the deal. When it comes to the future, like, insects really are, I mean, it's the protein of the future and there's no way around it. It is. It's It's going to be easy. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be, you know. <laughs> and they don't really taste like anything. No. Once you get past the crunchy carapace yeah. and the fact that you're eating chili lime eyeballs yeah. of a small insect. Oh, don't creature, say that. Um... It doesn't really, it doesn't taste like bugs. No, it doesn't taste like bugs. Although the name, the brand name is Don <laughs> Bugito. Because, nice. because don't run away from it either. Don't no. run away from nope. it. You gotta own it. You gotta own right. it. You know what, we can't go on forever. This okay. is a really nice snack. Before you tell me what the other snack is, I do have an important question for okay. you. And this this one's good. This one's emotional for a lot of people. Okay. I'm totally cool with people being vegetarians or yeah. vegans. 100%. If you don't want to eat animals, 100% cool. Why? Because you've spent so much time around food. You've dealt with ve- vegetarians, vegans. Wow, that was a very chilly lime bite. Yeah, you got a little, you got a little, mm, mm. little kick. Well, like an actual kick. I got a little wing in that one. <laughs> yeah. um, oof. Okay. But not as bad as I expected. Yeah. When it comes to why... So you've made a conscious decision to not eat meat. And whether you're doing it for political reasons... For ecological reasons, for animal cruelty reasons, I I totally respect your decision to do it. Why do you insist on pressing non-animal items into animal shapes? Like oh, good call, like good not, question. Not dogs uh, or herbivorous ham, whatever. I, I kind of get it, but also like you've decided to b- venture out into a bold new area, cut it into star shapes, or yeah. I, I, it doesn't make or any star sense. To <laughs> Why? Oh, I'm choking on oh, bugs. Oh, there's so much bugs. <laughs> Brian needs like, the hind like, leg. It's like a locust swarm. <laughs> in my, it's like a locust swarm in my esophagus. Um, why? She caught what I said. Yeah, I, I didn't hear you say. What did you say? I said Brian needs the hind lick. <laughs> gross. Sorry. I mean, usually we've gone from crickets gross. right to. <laughs> Nobody's I, listening but, at this but, point well, anymore. No, we've lost them. They, they know the important questions about to come out. Yeah. Philosophically, you've decided you are not part of the animal eating community. So why continue to celebrate it by pressing it into previously extant meat shapes? I don't get it. No. Oh my God, he's he's dying. Thanks a lot for killing the host, Stephanie. I'm fine. I am fine. Go ahead. Okay. But but it's a question that's always bothered me. You're more food adjacent than I am, and I'm hoping you can offer me at least a small piece of insight. So there's two reasons I feel like this happens. One is for people who are choosing... To kind of, you know, maybe ease into things, right? So they want to be vegan or vegetarian and they they want to go there because they, they feel however they feel. Right. But they still have those cravings and those memory calls of like what a hot dog was and how great it was. And but so, a, hot, a hot dog represents the murder of meat. But it, the, the flavor and the taste memory that goes along with it, it also may represent for them... You know, their childhood memories of eating with grandpa. I get it. And so but you've decided you're not killing animals anymore. Yeah. Why simulate dead animals? I don't get it. And I think in a weird way, this is a strange idea because you're dying. You're dying. You're dying. Poisonous chili lime chicken. (laughs) Done in by a bug. Exactly. By a bug. But I think there's something to say about the fact that we do, and this actually ties into the crickets thing, but we separate our idea of what food and the animal product are. And that that is a shame. 
And I believe that if you, I mean, I think of myself as a hypocritical carnivore because I don't want to go hunting, but I want to eat a duck. You know, I, I'm a big I, fan I, of people hunting for me. I, 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 and, I'm, and rendering, I promise yeah. you that if I had to render my own meat, there'd yeah. be a lot less of it going inside yeah. me. You did a so lot I'm of that also, in high school. I'm also a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, and high so school. we we don't take we don't picture our food as what it is, and so that's easier to disassociate. And what they're doing is disassociating. But then they're trying to associate back. And I think it's a. And I guess in my heart of hearts, I do understand why it's happening. I just, I've met some people that are so vehement about, you know, Anthony Bourdain has that famous quote about vegetarians and their Hezbollah like subsect vegans, (laughs) which I made the mistake of saying once on the air. And boy, oh, did I yeah. hear about- you got some yeah. mail. And I said, it was, oh, more than that. They wanted uh-huh. to get me removed from the air and they uh-huh. were going to start a movement based. On- yeah. All I did was read a quote. But when you believe that wholeheartedly in something, then don't make it into veal shaped cutlets. Don't make it into not dogs. Don't make it into no. these and other in fact, things. Take it a step further and say, don't form these wheat gluteny shapes, because a lot of this is this Satan stuff, S-E-I-T-A-N. And what that stuff Hail is, Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> and what they do with it is they, it's basically like this wheat gluten filled thing. It's not natural. Right. And so I'm saying if you're going to give up meat and you want to eat, you know, other things, eat really good bread and eat vegetables with that bread and find ways to celebrate the form of the food instead of trying to Franken food it. So I'm with you 100%. But oh, I would rather have like food. A, a really great like portobello like burger type thing, mm-hmm. like a really thick mushroom sandwich. Then I would have the Beyond Burger. I mean, I just don't have any, I don't need that, you know? Suddenly, we were so close to having a breakthrough together, and <laughs> the thought of a Portobello Burger makes me wish there was cottage cheese had been sitting out most of the day for me to eat. <laughs> Unbelievable. Stephanie, you're fantastic. I like your energy. Oh, I like what you do for a living. Fun. I'm so glad that MSP Mag is still happening, that you're still, because again, as a guy who did 25 years of radio, Print media is not moving the right direction, and none of those are, right? I mean, because it's all going to the internet, which you guys also do. So if people want to subscribe or know yes. more about you or follow MSP Mag, what's the best way for them to do that? I mean, if you just go to MSPMag.com, that's kind of our central place. You can totally get subscription deals, you know, during the holidays. And I mean, it comes down to, you know, just, I mean, really, it's less than a couple cups of coffee a month. To right. get a year's worth of magazines sent to your house so you don't have to go out and get them. They just come right to your mailbox. And with things like City Pages going away and Southwest Journal, mm. please support MSP yeah. Mag and keep it around yeah. for as long as we possibly can. It really, I mean, because you guys do. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to have, I, I, I'm going to have to sit on my hands. Um, I have a picture of you sitting on your I know desk. you do. It's but good. but what, what's important is, you know, like, there are issues about the best doctors in the Twin Cities. Yeah. There are issues about art. There are issues about food. And there's always a good mix and melange in there. And I know how important it is to everyone who works at that magazine that you represent the city properly and that you do the right thing. And everyone takes their shit very seriously yeah. there. And that's nice because, as we've talked about many times in this podcast, if you don't believe someone... You don't believe someone, and that's it. And that's it. And it's you got to believe it. It's over. All right. So, um, by the way, uh, what was the other thing so hiding behind the Don I Bogito? did bring you some ki- my favorite K-Mama uh, hot sauce, locally made uh, Korean mm. mom's recipe hot sauce. And that's just, it's not hot so much as it's got a really rich, robust sort of flavor. So it's not going to burn that. you out, but love it's going to give you a good spice. Uh, that I love. That's and then the I brought bit. you corn nuts to kind of, you know, little spicy fried corn nuts, which I don't know how you feel about those. No, this just says corn nuts on it yeah. with no so, 
Where is this dietary so this, information? So this is from the new Vivir Market, which has just opened up over uh, by Indeed Brewing uh, next to mm. Centro. It used to be called Popoval. And they had to pivot. We love the word. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> they had to close the fine dining you know, restaurant, and they have turned it into a Mexican bakery. And they've got uh, you know, sort of a market there as well. And so they've got a lot of fun things. That's where the crickets come from, too. And it's Vivir, and it's just it's got a lot of really great fun stuff. And they've got egg sandwiches, and they've got breakfast burritos, and all sorts of things. But I dug those. These are really, really good. I now, know. I was now, always hoping now, we wouldn't chew in the air, but it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, cornets are meant to blot out the world, they are, right? They really so are. You don't have to but hear it doesn't anybody? have any descriptor or, or information on it other than corn nuts, so I'm wondering what kind of nuts. Like weasel nuts? Hominy. It's hominy. hominy. Nuts. It's, hominy they're nuts. not actually nuts, it's corn. Hominy is a nixtilized. This could get all sciencey like. Go ahead. Don't but, tell the corn that. Though, okay, so it's it's basically just if you see hominy, they, you see it in cans, and it's like the big. Uh, it's, is hominy a grain? It's the it's corn. It's oh, a, it, it's wait a, a minute! Really tasty. It is a corn, and then when you fry them, they become the corn nuts. I see. They're like nuts, but it's still corn. That's really good. Yeah. Do you enjoy that better? See, I couldn't even hear that. Do you yeah. enjoy that better than you like the chili lime crickets? Yeah, I don't want to think about the chili lime Here's the crickets. deal. The chili lime crickets flavor was actually amazing. Yes! I just, it was all the... It was the, a little dusty. It, it was all the wings and abdomens yes. that I was choking on there. Is there a little a bit of asbestos in that, too? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. As, far you can, as, as far as you know. You can really taste the fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? It's good fiber. It's good fiber. It keeps it regular. Thank you very much, Stephanie. <laughs> Thanks, Her name guys. is Stephanie March. She works with MSP Mag. You've also got a show. Tell people when your show is on on the weekends. Saturday mornings, 9 to 11 a.m. on My Talk 107.1. Excellent. Very good. Um, very kind. You'll come back again another time, oh, won't I you? I hope so. I hope so. All right. I certainly hope so, too. And um, we got to wrap things up. But for Thanksgiving, um, there are options out there. And know that you're not alone. And yeah, maybe this year sucks all the fucking way out loud in a lot of different ways. And not seeing family as much as you love to bitch about them, as much as they drive you insane. This year, maybe that's one of the things to be thankful for is added perspective of not seeing people that without which, what the hell would you have to bitch about? What would you have to bitch about? And instead of falling asleep at your uncle's place, you get to lay your ass down on your own bed or in your own couch and fall sound asleep after carbo loading on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, I'll be watching Thursday night football in my mankini in the comfort of my own <laughs> no. home. Mm-mm. Mm. All right, we're going to call it a day. Uh, Stephanie, thank you very much. Thanks, you guys. It was Thanks, fun. Stephanie. Good to see good you. Stuff. Thank you for that. And as much as I was giving you a hard time, I really was playing. Those were better than I expected. You're going you're gonna to take them home and eat them. I am going to take them home and eat them. I'm yeah, shocked. he is. <laughs> Take care, Stephanie. Happy Thanksgiving and have a good holiday season. Sean, same to you. And we're going to go out with a band that changed my life, not necessarily in the good way. Growing up, I was <laughs> I was the alterna kid uh, in Coon Rapids, and so living on the mean streets of a new development in Coon Rapids, and had a weird asymmetrical haircut, had a trench coat, I got it rag stuck, pegged my jeans, Converse high tops, the right buttons on my trench coat. Yeah. Any eyeliner at any point? Never did the okay. makeup oh, thing. I okay. wasn't against it. I had friends who did yeah. it, but it wasn't my jam. Just too much work. Too I'm much sort work. of a, I'm yeah. sort of a path of least resistance. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Settle down. Um, <laughs> and but I remember the first time I came across this band, and for the first time ever, my safe little suburban codified world. Even though I listened to bands as interesting and dangerous as B52s and The Cure. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was afraid they they would put these sort of fanzine type inserts inside their inside their oh, uh, yeah. records. Yes, and I got in so much trouble for listening to this band. One day, I came home, and all my Dead Kennedys records were on the couch in the living room before oh. I saw any of my family members. I'm like, 
The talk. Oh, shit. Oh, no. We're going to have a talk. Yeah. And it was the cover of this particular record right here, Plastic Surgery Disasters, Ooh. that was on the front. And I had to explain to my parents that I was not trying to subvert the system. No. I was not part of an insurgent group. <laughs> I, I still I still was nice to my friends and animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can understand during the satanic panic of the 80s that this oh. kind of thing really got people's blood boiling. Why'd you pick this song? I picked it because my uh, silly friend Jim, he's actually was one of the writers of uh, the movie Ice Age, The Meltdown. Go on. A really good pal of mine uh, in high school. But he's like 5'5 five, five or something at the time. I was, you know, neither one of us was shaving a whole lot at the time. I remember that. But we decided that it'd be really cool if we go to this punk club where there was slam dancing, as we used to call it. Ooh, and, slam dancing. And we very quickly went into the slam dancing, you know, what we now call a mosh pit. Yeah. And then right back out again. And then proceeded to leave the club because we were like... This hurts. <laughs> this isn't for us. No. This, this is, is not, not for this us. This is not for us. This is not good at so all. So this song is about you. We'll be back next time on The Brian Oak Show, where we'll talk to Chris Hockey of KFAN's Power Trip Morning Show. In the meantime, thanks again to Stephanie March. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Happy thanks Thanksgiving. You Happy Thanksgiving. Everyone take care. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and enjoy what the dead Kennedys have to tell you about being a terminal preppy. Terminal Brad, 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 Terminal